Shelton, your host. Thank you very much for inviting me into your home this week. And as you can see, I am joined by guest Ian Rafalco. And Ian is, um, well, he posted some TikTok videos a while back. He showed up on Aaron Smith-Levin's channel, told his whole story. We're going to go over that a little bit today. And um, this being the time of my um, sabbatical, so to speak, I am kind of kicked back and a little bit laid back today. I am... uh, I am not taking all of this quite so seriously, and so I thought Ian and I might have a nice chat. As um, former second-generation Scientologists, because that's uh, something he and I have in common, is we were raised in Scientology households. We, didn't, we don't have this quote-unquote pre-cult personality. We, we were always around Scientology, and, and so it's a different mindset, and it's one that I haven't particularly gone deep on uh, in terms of shared experiences and whatnot with other Scientologists that I've interviewed. So I thought, what an opportunity. Let's go ahead and, uh, and maybe, you know, tack in on that end. So, Ian, first off, welcome to my show. Thank you very much for being part of this. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I think this will be interesting. Um, first off though, for those of you out there who do not know anything about Ian or what his claim to fame is or, you know, why we're talking today, Ian, why don't you go ahead and, you know, give the summary version of, uh, the events leading up to how we are talking, uh, as former Scientologists now. Right. Yeah. So I was in Scientology for a long time and, uh, about 20, I'd say officially like 22 to 23 years. It was hard to say when I actually like, um, sort to place that, but. I uh, happened to um, be going through a lot at the time I was leaving, and uh, it was uh, really very stressful for me, and I was having a lot of uh, painful thoughts. It just so happened that my father was uh, a very popular uh, influencer, I suppose, Uh, you know, Dr. Berg. That's uh, Doctor Doctor Eric Berg. He's a chiropractor. Doctor Eric Eugene Berg. Yes, yeah, okay. uh, he's a doctor of chiropractic, not actual. Um, not medicine, real medicine, I, <laughs> right? No, I. So I, you know, at the time, I I ended up releasing uh, some information um, that he was a Scientologist, and you know, because we were having, a, I was having a bit of a a crisis, and I, I, um, that was the best way at the time. I decided to deal with it, and was to. Just be honest uh, to the public, which was something that I was very afraid to do for a while. So it created sort of a cataclysmic uh, effect in my life, and I um, I have sort of, in my own way, you know, become uh, <laughs> I guess it's hard to say. I've become my own version of what I think best represents people like me in Scientology, uh, like children who were raised in a certain way and who sort of don't understand um, that they're allowed to have critical, they're allowed to think critically Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to question yourself. And obviously I have my own uh, way of expressing it and I care very little for people's opinions about me or, you know, there's very few things that can actually hurt me. Uh, uh, so my 
but my but my family being as prominent as they were caused quite a bit of a reaction and i uh i followed that i was on the uh leia Rumini podcast i was i i talked to leia and um and uh I oh mike his, uh mike yes, yes mike, mike he's gonna hate yeah uh, yes i absolutely i'm just <laughs> a little wired today no worries man. Uh, no worries at all i uh yeah i uh but you know they were really nice and then i i started doing some more of my own stuff and i i, I explained my whole big you know story here and there and uh especially on aaron's podcast we had a good talk uh there um and you know i just um it's really hard in my position to you know considering how i feel after leaving scientology and how it all happened the more i sort of remember in the context of like actual like uh human psychology that's been uh evidence-based and you know trial and error nothing that is like crazy manipulative that like scientology make maybe made me feel guilty for you know try to gaslight me into thinking that all psychology was bad but i was like but that's obviously bullshit because not everybody's drugging everybody and you know mm -hmm. doing all these dangerous things so I, I i i maybe and then maybe that's where i fucked up is 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 i i looked in a little bit too much to a real science and um you know i'm realizing that my pain is what i mean my pain lives in potentially all of these people right if they if they are gonna suffer i'd prefer to help them in some way not suffer in this specific i mean this is my this is sort of my wheelhouse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was i was born and bred to be a a soldier of you know l ron hubbard right. so uh i mean and that's basically what it is 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 you are sort of bred in a way to become another cog in this machine and it's very evident uh in hindsight but obviously for many people it's it's hard to see what you're in but i'm you that's know i'm here true, true. i mean there's uh, a lot of parents who if i might comment quickly there's a lot of parents yeah. who um take great pride you know i almost have it as a goal yes. for their kids to become staff or to become seaboard. absolutely um can't get them out of the house fast enough in fact i mean i've seen parents you know we hear about kids um especially back in the day more so than now but but right. certainly back in the day being five years ago you know uh you back know before kids, the the big milestones you really right. can just count those you that's know? right but we hear about kids as young as 12 11 and 12 years old going into the sea org you're like my god how could they well look at the parents you know they're they're so right. they're so brainwashed they're so deep into it that they consider that sending their kid off to a labor trafficking organization which is what the sea org really is yeah. is is a positive is that they've done their job they can be proud for having graduated their young child into the adult world via via the sea org you know so it's yeah so it is a cultural thing there for sure not all parents think that but but a lot of no. them do. i think i think some parents like to leave it up to the kids as the kids are more of like a hindrance they can't control if their auditor can't really control them then you know what what are they going to do yeah they have their own case story about you know they have the people who they believe that they influence but like 
your kids can just disappear in the background and become, you know, objects of, of annoyance. And like, especially in the language of Scientology and, and how you treat kids, it's like you, you create these kind of like lofty expectations that could never be accomplished yep. and you make it so narrow. And then you just, just blatantly don't educate your child in anything practical and anything useful so that they can, you know, choose. It's like, it's never a choice. I remember uh, a friend telling me um, that um, I fell for the greatest con man as like a endearing sort of thing. And I didn't fall for anything. I was like, I was injected right into the mold. Exactly. You know, I, exactly. I was sort of from the go. I remember being a child at the way to happiness, you know, little get togethers with all the kids at, at the mission that my mom ran. And like, you know, we have to take pictures because of something called compliance. And I'm, I'm, I have to do like uh, communication drills with like other children and, Right. You're like punished if you can't do it. And I didn't understand why. And then when I understood why, I didn't understand why I had to do it so many times, so often, right. so constantly. Right. And um, your willingness was not the first thing on the list of things being consulted. No, 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 no. Yeah. And it's like, and the world that, that, that my parents built, uh, the outside world that my parents built for me was... Um, just this hard, dark, uh, greedy, like if I, if I try to, it's almost a hundred percent certainty that if I try to navigate this world without Scientology, I will, you know, feed all that's evil in the world. Right. And I'm just some kind of, um, uh, conduit for theta and then theta. And I have to choose the light or the dark side. And I just realized that a lot of I mean, I realized many things, but especially in, in, in how they handle ethics is that the tech is so loose on like how to actually consider, like how to actually like consider somebody good or bad that I knew from a very young age that it was going to mainly be up to whoever I was talking to at the time. Mm -hmm. So I tried to just make sure I was either only working with my brother or uh, who was, who's the DIRINR at uh, DC, the director of uh, inspections and reports. Yeah. The guy uh, who's at, in charge uh, of the ethics. At the yes. Uh, you know, the guy who gets all the reports, he brings, he say, come into my office, you know, we'll put you on the meter. Uh, I've been the other end of the, my brother's meter for uh, many things. Um, your, your own brother putting you on the yeah. e-meter. Was this at, yeah. at home? As at DC. So I, oh, I mean, usually whatever home discrepancy that comes up, my mom will write a detailed report about it. Um, and I'll be sent to the org to, uh, you know. They just foisted their family problems off on the org to deal with. And then your oh. brother at the org would deal with it there. Yeah. Uh, Holy and, uh, shit. I mean, that this is happened... a new one, dude. I have never heard of anybody doing that before. Oh, I... I... <laughs> Wow. That's yeah, that's uh that's that's pretty that's that's like the that's actually a pretty light. 
uh, no, I get not, yeah, I, I get it. It's just I just never even heard of that framework before. It was always like you see Scientology at home with kids, conditions being assigned, even stat graphs. I heard I heard uh, there were families uh, Jensen's. The Craig Jensen uh, was like staticized everything in his entire life and ran his kids on stats. Yeah, and and uh-huh. so you had to have stat graphs of your chores done that week or your grades or whatever the hell he was keeping track of. <laughs> But this was how we ran his household. And you'd hear about these kind of what I thought of was way extreme methods of taking yeah. Scientology. And yeah, sure, that's what how that's how you run an org, but it's not how you run your house. And not, people, not at all. You know, and people would do this. And that was what I thought was maybe, you know, you'd hear conditions. I I, I did conditions as a kid. I mean, you know, I did yeah. liability to one of my teachers one time because I spoke <laughs> out of turn in class, right? But that's about, you know, that's about the most yeah. hardcore you hear about it. But then to hear yeah. this, I'm like, wait a minute, what? You got sent down to the org over some family shit? Wow. Oh, you know, I actually, it's gotten, I mean, I, I've always sort of felt like a magnet for that kind of thing. But maybe it's just the absurdity of it all. It's just not lost on me. Yeah. Uh, like, like, to, like you were saying, like, I was also, about, I think I was five years old, and uh, I was going to this school, Chesapeake Academy, which was shut down, I guess, even by applied scholastics, because they were so, it was so, like, poorly managed, and, like, so many reports were coming out, and, you know, I, I, I remember it was just a bad scene, and so they shut that down. It was near a, it was near a cement plant, like a cement yard. <laughs> Like right next door, wow. in uh, near the Vulcan cement processing plant in like in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, Sounds like uh, a great so, environment for kids. Well, I mean, we we had fifteen minutes on the blacktop every day, so oh, wow. we got to breathe. We only breathed it in 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 the toxic fumes a little bit, you know. Jesus. Uh, but I remember um, getting sent to the school ethics officer and being. Uh, because I wasn't able, I, I did, couldn't remember all the uh, MU phenomena. Oh, the, okay, uh, yeah. From the study tech, and uh, in other words, in other words, in in the study methodology of L. Ron Hubbard, we'll be real quick about this. There yeah, is, there's a set number of yeah. There's there's three yeah. basic things you're looking for in terms of the things that are going to keep you from being able to learn something. And misunderstood words is the top of the list. It's always that. There's also this, you know, you can go too quick, skip gradient. You're trying to take on too much too quickly. Like, you know, going to third grade before you're done with first, right? That doesn't make any sense. And then there is lack of mass. If you don't have the thing you're trying to learn about, that can be difficult. And Hubbard asserts out of nowhere, based on nothing really, that there are physiological phenomena connected with each of these. And so if you have a misunderstood word, you're going to fall asleep. You're going to get dozy, drowsy, tired, not interested, bored, right? Yeah. You're going to be like, or, don't want to do yeah, this. Or, right? or if, you're a, if you're a flag supervisor, it's mainly any non-optimum mm-hmm. movement from you as a student in any way, a tap of the foot more than, more than twice. If, if it's caught, you, you got to look up your word or you got to go to the uh, word clearer. Wow. Which is like a whole process, but like, so they tightened so, up even since I was there because I was one of those oh, supervisors. I was one of those guys watching the classrooms, and yeah, and and I was not watching for for tapping feet very often. You had to be you had to be pretty out of control before I was going to come over there and talk to you about that. I, this this might be this is probably just uh, funny uh, 
for you, just as a small anecdote, but I was um, in Atlanta. I was, uh, I remember getting a meter check. They pull, they pull you out and, you know, we're, we're going to do a meter check. And you, I was sitting up at the top of the class and he was like, do you have a misunderstood word? Is there a word you don't quite know? Uh, has a withhold been missed? And I was like, has a withhold been missed? Has, yeah. And I was like, I, and I was holding the cans and I was like, uh, I'm sorry. What? Uh, yeah, you're not allowed to say that. Right. To, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can pick up the cans. I'll just ask the right question. I'm like, uh, anyway, I just like, these people are not all there. Like the kind of people now I know that like the kind of people who would be in that position are not people who you should expect a whole lot of, uh, you know, complexity from. Right. Although, yeah, yeah back to my main point was... Yeah. Um, circling back I, to kids. And circling then, back. Yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I have a tendency to, to do that these days, but I... Uh, uh, oh, I'll, I, I I'll, once... I'll take you right off the path. I'll just do my <laughs> best to try to bring us back on, but I'll, I'll, I'll guaranteed I'm going to do that again before we're done today. Yeah. Uh, but when I was five, I was sent to ethics uh, for not knowing uh, uh, all of these by by memory, and I was assigned a condition of treason. At five uh, years old. At five years old. Oh fuck uh, off! Treason conditions yeah. at five years old. <laughs> that that, that I okay. Barely, I, barely I, smell treason. I know, I was... right? I, just and again, just for the audience, guys. Okay, so we're going to be talking Scientologies here, right? So let's yeah, so let's try to keep bit. everybody up while we're going and. Yeah. The conditions are steps that you follow in order to deal with a particular situation. And the, these are ethics in Scientology. This is, how you, this is how you improve things, expand things, make them better, is by doing the steps of these formulas, these condition formulas. And, and you assign the conditions based on actions or statistics or some indication that there or is... mood or mental Yeah, there's perspective. that too. Or, yeah, or, or or a single word you might have said in a session or a sentence that they don't like to hear or any yeah. any uh, again non-optimum which is like not in whole compliance with the quote can be like interpreted as pro pro a problem like right and you are then assigned this condition which has a set each condition has a set of of, of steps that you follow to move up to the next higher condition and higher right. state and it's a very public very uh uh sort of self-check behavior it's like uh sort of self-policing you know everybody knows that you're in lower conditions so we know to stay away from you until you come up in the conditions or whatever That's so it's right. like a very uh aggressive thing but as for as a child i just knew I was like, oh, geez, this seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, you don't, you don't know the phenomenon. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> I tried to run away from that school uh, a few times. I, I do, wow. I do remember that, but that's like a whole other thing. That's like, wow. I, I well, I don't doubt it with crap like that going on. I got assigned yeah. a liability condition one time when I was by my mom uh, when I was about, I don't know, I'm, I guess I was seven or eight. This is the youngest time I remember ever having to do anything with conditions. And it was, I was about seven or eight years old and I had spoken at a turn in a classroom and at a, at a field trip. How dare you? Yeah. Right. How dare you? I had, uh, I, I just tried to be funny. I was cutting up in the class and, um, and I happened to hit the perfect silent moment. So everybody got it right. I was at a, I was at a, I can't remember. I still, I can't believe I still remember this. 
uh, we were at a we were at a planetarium or something, and this is like third grade. I mean, it's not like I'm a mature child. Yeah. And uh, and we're sitting there, and they said, "Yeah, it used to." The woman doing the the thing said, "Yeah, it used to be that they used to believe that the uh, Earth uh, was the center of the universe, and everything went around the Earth." And I went just in the silence that followed. I was like, "Well, that was dumb." <laughs> out of nowhere, just trying to be silly. Sure. And here comes my liability. That probably condition. that probably blew up the third grade third grade classroom pretty well. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, no people. Well, actually, yeah. everybody was kind of stunned a little bit. One person smiled yeah. at me, but you know, nobody really knew what to think. And yeah. I get home, you know, with a note from the teacher and my mom is, you know, uh, at, you know, a little upset. And so the liability formula, just so everybody knows, the steps you have to do are decide who are one's friends, make up the damage one is done by personal contribution far beyond the ordinary demands of a... Oh, no, no, no. That's the third one. It's, it's, uh, it's decide who are your friends, deliver uh, an, effective an effective blow, blow to, the enemy of the group. to the enemy of the group one's been pretending to be part of. Then right. make up the damage when it's done by personal contribution far beyond the ordinary demands of a group member, and then apply for reentry to the group. I, as seven-year-old kid, was supposed to do those four steps to my teacher in some sensible way that wasn't going to weird her out. And my mom was like, it took hours and hours and hours going around and around and around trying to figure out what the hell to do. I never yeah, forgot that those because rough. it was so awful. Yeah, those are rough. And you gaslight yourself. Yeah, the second wind of of like a second generation Scientologist kind of getting back into Scientology later on has a lot to do with, in my opinion, uh, the educational neglect earlier on. Yeah. And when you try to make up for it as time goes by, you know, you don't want to, you, you know, you, you, you kind of have to catch up fast in your in your like teens and in your later teens. And then you know, you really aren't prepared or set up for anything. So you take another look at Scientology just to see, you know, after things have cooled off and then you are now able to read yeah. and you now have a more developed, at least perspective physically, like your brain is more developed and you make connections and you think that it's, you know, you're you're cautiously optimistic because you know your parents are crazy about it. And you, that's it, right. That's, that's right. the cringiest part. And you don't like. You're just you're hoping that it's going to solve that that one problem that you just really you know that one that one thing that just if I can get to the next level then then it's going to solve that. Oh, this is what my you know oh this is what my Ned my Ned drug rundown is going to solve or oh, this is what OTA is going to solve or you know it's like yeah. The clear bracelet is is just a, a piece of silver. Exactly. It's a doesn't, bracelet. Doesn't signify much of anything. Uh, yeah. Were your parents OTs by, the, by that point, that point you're talking about, where you kind of decided for yourself, okay, I think this is something I need to be doing as yeah. opposed to the having it enforced on you? Because I remember that point for myself as well. And for me, it was when I did the personality test, but different for different people. But, but my, yeah. my parents were OTs by that point as well. So heavily influenced by that yeah i uh i remember my when i was about nine or ten my mom brought uh we, we drove down to clearwater and we stayed in a rental while she did her she went up through seven through ot7 oh so, wow so she wanted to stay close to the base so that she could audit at home which is what you do on on the upper ot the upper ot levels it's on, on seven you get to go home on, yeah. on the bottom half they call them the upper i i don't really understand why they do that but uh 
uh, I'm sure there's probably a, a great reason, but so they, so she was down there a lot and it was this small house and, uh, I went to Clearwater Academy. Mm, another Scientology is, school. Yes. Which is, uh, uh, I, I, I can, I remember relating it to uh, a, a douchebag factory because every, <laughs> I got bullied so hard at that school by everyone. And honestly, like the people who came out of there were so mean and the ones who stayed in Scientology, at least the ones that I ended up meeting again, like all my bullies from that school when I was a child, uh, excel in Scientology today. And they are on staff in Tampa. They are, uh, you know, going up their OT levels. They're, they're just, uh, and because most of their parents are rich and, uh, can afford to sort of give them this lifestyle. And they're, uh, yeah, I went to school with uh, some of the Duggan kids. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I uh, I remember uh, hanging out with David Duggan uh, for a while and Daniel uh, spastically and very very for a very short time as as a child. But uh, seeing their house and how gigantic that was, I heard. I mean, just the things you hear through the grapevine uh, are pretty crazy. But that school was just a very hard place because uh again justice or the ethics system is not based on physical evidence no it no, no, no. claims to be but the physical evidence is who is adjudicating it at the time right. it's like their opinion their the the pictures in your mind can be physical evidence and if people don't trust you they can just not believe what you say it's, like if it, they it, think that you're a lower, a, a worse Scientologist, or if you're not, um, you know, and I'm still talking about middle school. So I, one time I got punched in the face by the Dean's son and I got in trouble. Right. What'd and you I do? was taken out. What did out, you do that you pulled that in? Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Oh laugh dude. Through the, it's, laugh it's, through the pain. It, I know. Right. I mean, you have to, you have to. You have, um, it's, it's you, essential. You There's do. no way. You have to. It's definitely yeah. a survival skill. I will say that every court, every ethics action in Scientology that you formally receive, it is not an exaggeration to say every one of them is a kangaroo court. Yeah. Every one. The dis every it's, it, they're, they're, I mean, hell, when you get called in front of a court of ethics, which is earlier in the, in the chain than, a, than the big one, the committee of evidence, the full trial— the court right. of ethics is basically a meeting with a magistrate, you could say. Well, the magistrate, guilt is already decided. The fact that the court's yeah. happening means you're guilty. It's not a question exactly. of you're going to, you know, unless you're really good, you ain't talking your way out of it. Uh, or you, unless you're you know. at a higher, your your post is higher. Like, if right. you're at a lower post, you're almost guaranteed. Like, I remember receiving the, the, the court of ethics for this whole uh, situation I had in Florida at Flag. Uh, that prompted me to leave Scientology, and I was in a in a room. I was calming myself down because I I knew this was coming. Um, I had had a thought that I didn't want to be on staff forever, and uh, as a response to that, I was uh, told to I was not allowed to leave the Fort Harrison or Flag for five months, and I was constantly sec checked or interrogated uh, uh, every other day. 
Um, I was like made to do a lot of physical labor, even for the the uh, fourth dynamic campaigns, the 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 row in Clearwater uh, uh, for Way to Happiness, uh, volunteer minister, drug free world. I I did manual labor for them to make my court of ethics amends lesser. And then when I got to my court of ethics, I was just trying to be very calm. And I was like, it was a, a room, a tiny room. The flag building rooms are like tiny, tiny little cubes, very small. Um, and I was in flag and they had these, there's a bunch of people sitting around me and I'm closed in. And they're all asking me these questions. And because I was trying to reserve my emotion and, and just answer a lot and like answer matter-of-factly, matter of factly, because there was no evidence of either side of anything. They were just kind of looking at my life and deciding whether or not like I should, I'm a good one or I'm a bad one. Right. And uh, it's funny so, how it will escalate way beyond the original situation and becomes absolutely. this judgmental tribunal of your entire existence. I, I've sat through so many of those. And unfortunately, um, have to say I sat on the other side, uh, you know, yep. quite a few times as well in judgment of people. We all, we've we've all uh, yeah we've all we've all cracked the whip as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's uh, actually that side of it that empowers you to continue with the system because if you were just yeah. at the receiving end of it all the time, you'd you know you'd you'd wake up quicker. But the fact that you get to be on the other side and judge others and get the holier than thou attitude and all that actually sort of feeds the ego and morale enough to keep you in. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, um, what was I saying? Um, oh, you were in that tiny little room at flag and they were judging your life. Right. So before, so, uh, because I was reserving myself emotionally, I can, I can, uh, get very excited, uh, about things and try to protect myself and I, and I can talk too much and, uh, uh, that's mostly what gets me in trouble in Scientology is, uh, you know, you ask a, the wrong question and then you're put on the, you're put on the don't talk to him list or he needs more sex checking list or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and this was all because curious, you said you weren't going to be on staff for the rest of your life. Not because you said, I want to leave staff. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. This is crazy. You didn't say any of that. Precisely. If you, if, if you were to have my folder, have one of my, 24 folders or however many I have. Uh, and you flip to that page where I say that for the first time, later you'll see, down that page you'll see, but I'm not gonna leave because I signed a contract. So I gotta show up, obviously, which is what they want from me. That's all they expect from me, I thought. But this was, even if they knew that it was like a mistranslation, because my auditor was like very, very Hungarian, mm. um, uh, still like they even if they knew that we, we were still there and because i was reserved i remember on the on the the um the requirements the uh the, uh, the punishments basically or like the observations from the the, the comev i think a committee of evidence was that i was i appeared cold and unremorseful uh for my for my many actions and i'm like you just reviewed your perspective of my life and was upset that i kept my cool that's right so that's right because if you had yelled screamed cried 
His TRs were out the entire time. He didn't keep his composure. Clearly, he's just a bundle of missed withholds. Exactly. You know, like there is no winning in those situations. And that's what I mean about the kangaroo court. And don't worry about the terminology I'm throwing around. It's just Scientology crap. Yeah, it's just I, ways I mean, I, of introverting a person and making them think it's all their fault for the situation exactly. that they are in, which you, yeah. as the organization of Scientology and the people that we're talking about, go out of their way to create this level of trouble for people. And it has a lot to do um, with fanaticism. I mean, clearly, that's what we're describing here is fanatics. Yeah. And that's what the Sea Org is. Yeah, you know? I did. I did realize um more clearly you know when you when you actually educate yourself on how people work and and you obviously regardless of your emotions you understand who the real victims are and who the real perpetrators are you can actually step back from it it's impossible to know in scientology because you're not really supposed to be thinking in scientology so you're not really sure why you're always confused or why you're just kind of living life in a haze or like or like you're living life and you're not really thinking much of anything. Oh, my head is so clear. It's like, yeah, that's not a good thing. You should be having wonderful thoughts or, you know, imagining what you're going to eat for lunch next week. But no, it's just like, I wonder how I'll get to my next bridge step or my next, uh, I wonder how I'll donate to, to get my lifetime membership. And like, I'm like, dude, you're, you're 19. You need to slow down and not kill yourself over something so small but i i digress i was saying um they were uh, well they, they we were we had gotten to that point where you were at flag and they were uh sort of trouncing all over you and the arbitrary nature of the justice yeah so it's like you know in hindsight you see it you see it as clear as it is you know it's it's opinion and right you really just because you use it honestly when you're in and you're you're actually and I mean, I, I think this probably says something for the people who did leave and decided to speak up about it. Um, you were trying to do good. Mm -hmm. You're doing what you believe will save mankind. You want to apply it in a way like, okay, well, we're seen in a bad light. How can I lighten this for other people? And then you get treated like shit. Mm -hmm. And then you get dragged through the dirt and you get told that it's your fault. And you just, you're, you've lost at that point. That's if right. you don't, if you, if you agree with them that it's your fault, then you've lost because then you're just, then the logic just ends there. Then you won't be good enough. You know, you'll be in the hamster wheel at that point. Exactly. That's actually, and, I would say that's a great way of putting it actually. I didn't, um, cause I, I've described Scientology many, many times as have others as this hamster wheel of nowhere. You know, you're just sitting there yeah. running, running, running on it. But when do you, when is it that you actually, when they close the door on you, there is the point exactly the point where you acknowledge shit was your fault that you know goddamn well was never your fault, but you take it exactly. anyway and you you twist your thinking around. I sure as hell did to make it make sense, you know, to yeah, make it's... that responsibility that you're being held accountable for to make it that this is your responsibility, even though. The only way that makes any sense at all is that you're somehow magically responsible for things you never saw, never did, never heard, never thought of before. Right. And somehow that makes sense after you read that 
fucked up chapter on responsibility by now we're on hubbard in APNA. his book apna advanced procedure and axioms right it was something hubbard wrote early on he wrote that you're responsible you're responsible for a sniper killing a an insurgent in afghanistan that's right that's that's your fault that's your all your fault and that chapter was a master stroke of writing for l ron hubbard and he wrote it early on in the in the in the, the the picture when scientology was just the you know it was really just a bright spark idea that he was having and and not a lot of people glommed on to it but he revisited it and he came back to it and that's where in 1959 he really got back to it after his Maybe. own son left him and took off and yeah. blew scientology and that's when sec checking became a thing and that responsibility thing came back with a thud you know and and it never and left scientology it, uh, after that it stayed it there up. as the key control mechanism one of the most foundational control mechanisms they have yeah and they they made it a a green and a red they made it a, a bulletin and a policy letter uh yep. there's so many i mean i I've, I've done all of the uh all of the you know programs the ethics programs at flag were uh atrociously long i think i've actually listened made essays about done clay demos of the entirety of the state of man congress yep. uh maybe four times uh yep. and that's many hours the uh, only lecture series i listened to more than the study tapes and i did i did professional supervisor training three times so I had to listen to all the study tapes, not only on the student hat course, but then on the supervisor courses. So I went through those lectures four times. Oh, yeah. State of man, probably six, seven, eight times. You know, yeah. it's, it's like it's like six lectures, but, you know, they, it's all about how everything's basically your fucking fault. Right. You know, that's the whole point of it. Well, and, and he gave I those lectures like you. the year after his son took off. Right. And he was on <laughs> a roll about responsibility and these evil bastards, right? Who who Literally. leave Scientology? You know, this was this was that, Hubbard's thing, man. This was premeditated. I hadn't even thinking of it again. I I, it's so crazy because literally in the lecture, why people don't like you? <laughs> That's the title of the lecture. The answer is because they do crimes against you because it's all because they are bad people everyone who disagrees with you everyone who doesn't like you everyone who disappoints it's all their fault they're doing because you don't hate them but you're not attacking them it's so right. vague and like and broad and and and, and like it's how this. l ron hubbard actually saw the world i am i am actually convinced like a nightmare to be at one of those that, that's right that at those lectures those those yeah. particular ones that is how he actually saw the world. I, I am convinced. I don't think he was spinning there. I think he was describing exactly how he thinks about things. Yeah. You know? And and if you don't like him, if you got man. some problem with him, if you're critical of his work, you're the asshole 100% of the time. It's never yeah, he him. Just let, he just let those intrusive thoughts get onto paper. <laughs> just like, you don't like me? You're a trillion-year-old psychiatrist. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's right. That's right. I just, I mean, the, obviously right. more nuanced than that. I, I you know, it, it's hard to uh, deconstruct something that is as complicated as Scientology and, and these little nuanced sort of concepts um, in a way that's palatable for everybody. 
uh, which is, you know, uh, it seems like, uh, oh, they got all these like inside jokes about like Scientology and it's morbidly, we're just trauma bonding. Yeah. I mean, this with, is... <laughs> with our, with our, like, I mean, it's, it's that they make sense in the contest. Obviously now it's arbitrary and, and it's, we've had time to disconnect from it, but like, it's still kind of hilarious to have conversations in that sort of, because you're remarking in the mindset, in this like sort of nostalgic kind of mindset, but it is, it is just, uh, for me, I know it's because I had it my entire life and That's it's sort right. of like, it was my, it was, it was sort of like a, um, a comfort personality, uh, to kind of survive that kind of lifestyle. So I can snap in and out of like, I know I, I'll remember them. I'll remember the words forever like i'll remember I, that's just how my memory works i'll remember basically everything i'll remember the uh you know the courses i took and things like that but that doesn't make them helpful and being nope. able to laugh about uh something that i saw in a course room with somebody instead of feeling like ah the good old times it just kind of feels like it reminds me of how disorganized everything was. And it reminds me of, cause, cause it's never anything good that I remember. I don't remember being happy that I was made to, uh, that I was made to go Dianetic book selling, uh, in a place where nobody wanted to read Dianetics, uh, and, you know, being made to like, you know, uh, there was a moment where I, I was kind of being used as as kind of like a missionary uh, by the Church of Atlanta. Mm. I was kind of uh, doing the the Mormon door to door thing with people who had uh, money on account and needed to come on in for a uh, come on we'd get you on your your next course. I was actually used as uh, a honeypot for this one uh, older Scientologist who was uh, uh, not in that way, but like I. I was meant to like coerce her to buy. To, mm -hmm. I was like meant to like loosen her up because she liked people who looked. She liked tall uh, men who smoke, and obviously every Scientologist smokes. So um, it's a weird fact, but like so many. I mean, it's not every Scientologist, but it's a joke because so many Scientologists smoke. It's just like goes. They need something to cope. You know. I sure but, did. Uh, I sure I would, did for I, a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I started smoking when I was I was way too young to start smoking. I think I started smoking at like thirteen. But oh, that's wow. how little my parents paid attention. Uh, yeah, I do. I do want to circle back around to that too. By right. the way, we we we've sort of touched. I mean, on a just few to, things. yeah, just but, to wrap up, like yeah. just it's like uh, it's just you know, I remember two rights don't make a wrong. Or like two rights don't correct a wrong. Oh, that's you a, know? that's a good point. And and like I feel like the wrongs were always so incredibly wrong and mm -hmm. I always did find it weird that we weren't supposed to question this and that and then I but you know it always felt like it wasn't my place to jump the gun. Um but when you eventually leave Scientology and you think of yourself in that context, you were a victim. You were not a you were not a you can't like hurt yourself anymore mm -hmm. because you understand the reality. You, you understand that it wasn't your fault. And you're like, 
you're able to you're able to see it way more clearly once you once you actually leave and you can open up to yourself. But that was just sort of you. I I remember too much. I remember like uh, aggressively. Uh, but the um, it, it, it's all layered behind what is eventually the truth that Scientology was controlling me in a negative manner. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you about this, because, you know, you and I were both raised in this. Now, your parents, just to just to clarify a little bit more with them, your, your, your father's this famous chiropractor guy, basically famous for having a YouTube channel, right? And advice yeah, and, and basically offering advice on the keto diet. Yeah, basically the keto diet, uh, some like fitness stuff. Uh, you know, he just kind of has like one system that he kind of plugs every possible disease to. Uh, he's been debunked by many uh, credible medical uh, doctors on the platform as well. Mm. But because he kind of, he has, he does the, 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 he dumbs down his information uh, to be very simple. And he doesn't really, he kind of just cycles through the, uh, a bunch of topics so he can re-release, he can keep releasing new content. Um, but it's more of quality over quantity. It's very easily digestible, simple things, you know, like right right you know blah 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 so right i I have nothing to say about keto because it's like it yeah everybody has their own body needs and like it has nothing to do with that yeah yeah uh it's we're talking about the guy we're not talking about the message the the human being yeah the the man behind the smile like there are like ted bundy smiled in pictures but it doesn't mean that he's obviously my dad hasn't killed anyone to my knowledge i just i know that like smiles and 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 people can act one way and be different than yeah. how they act on a public measure because they're in public they're like it, by the nature of them being in public and smiling but what it like the logic speaks to like you're going to want to be not an asshole in public because you want people to like you you don't want people to cancel you oh, of you're course. not going to be especially if you have like a, a generally negative personality, like you're not going to want to show that in public. I just, exactly. I mean, Aaron, Aaron referred to it as stage manners or stage presence or whatever. Right. And I, I, that's yeah. how I, that I, I, I agree with that. It's, it's a yeah. staged thing, which is why it's an appropriate uh, phrase to use to describe this as you, you are presenting as though you are on a stage. Cause when you're in the public eye, you got a camera on you. Well, you are. And so right. you want to present the best possible image and, and you're basically saying that's what your dad is doing. Yeah. I mean, more or less it's, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he is a very, he, he's, he knows who not to share his personal information with. And he stopped more so when I started being critical of his comments, he's, he's, he's used to, he's just a very, he's not a very social person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, what he thinks about the people that he sells to, he's just happy he's getting paid. If I were to boil it down, uh, he he doesn't really like uh, the people that he's talking to, mm. uh, but he knows that like, uh, he knows that what he's talking about is popular and that he can also just take what other people say and kind of put his own little spin on it. Okay. And then he knows that people think that he's this like, it just makes things very easy. So like the mass amount of people, um, there's a there's a phrase I'm I'm, I'm forgetting, but like um, the the lowest common denominator. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he's boiling, so he's he's boiling down scientific or med- medical concepts for the right. general audience, them, the general mass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess nowadays that, um, you know, he has all these private Facebook groups, and uh, I, I guess nowadays everybody's trying to join some kind of movement or follow some guru or, you know. Sure. So, yeah, he, uh, but, I mean, I, I'm not even sure he has as many subscribers as he says because his YouTube analytics are a little funky. Yeah. And, uh, didn't he, I, didn't I did, he delete his Twitter account too? I, I I happened to make a video where I was pointing out that he, it's evident by his follower counts and subscriber counts. Like, look at his subscribers on YouTube versus like his engagement and then his engagement on his other platforms, yeah. his other social media. It's like, it was evident to me that he was buying subs and I was like, okay, well, I'll just post this on Twitter also. And I posted on Twitter and I tagged him and he ended up deleting his entire Twitter account as if that's going to make my tweet less seen because people only stay on one platform. As we know, they only communicate one thing on one platform and especially on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> right of course they do um yeah. So, yeah so it's yeah he's he's a little bit uh hiding right now he's a little bit running scared a little bit yeah. because of all this exposure and that's a good even, thing because yeah. he has not been completely transparent and open in ways that he could and should have been for example mm-hmm. that he's a scientologist that he you know was um pretty abusive towards Millions. his family you know i mean he's got yeah. some issues and he's not particularly willing to deal with or confront those issues and you know those are sure. choices he's making but those are choices we're going to comment on <laughs> yeah you know he's perfectly perfectly free to make those choices now as in terms of being his son and growing up under his household you know one of the things i g- gravitated to early on with scientology that was a that was i thought of as a net positive in my life as a kid was my interpretation or understanding of the ethics system of Scientology, which was very shallow as a kid. I obviously wasn't going down to the org every week. I wasn't doing lots of classes. I wasn't in training to be an ethics officer. I was a public kid going to public school who had you know, exposure to this every now and again. But the exposure I did have as a child, the, the, the positives were that honesty is the best policy and that communication is sure. universal solvent, that you can solve anything yeah. with communication. I really believe that. I thought that was an amazing piece of information. It doesn't happen to be true, but you can solve an awful lot more with communication than you might think you can. And, yeah. and that I have proven to myself over and over again through the years. So as a child... My big thing that I glommed onto was this honesty is the best policy thing. And so I would communicate freely with my parents. Because you know you're going to be on the meter anyway. Well, you so know that's that the you're... thing. My, no, I never did get put on the meter when I was a kid. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. You know. This was all just two-way communication, yeah. right? So I see. My mom was a trained ethics officer, by the way, but that, okay. you know, I wasn't getting sec checked every week. They're or more something. hands on. They're more put yeah. it on paper kind this was of. In the break 70s. It down. This is in the yeah. 70s, right? And my right. mom is, you know, they're mission staff, not org staff, not Sea right. Org. So they were they were experiencing, and as I, I've, I've done an interviews with my mom on, on my channel. You guys can check them out. And, wow. and you see exactly where my mom was coming from, right? She was not trying to be some militant, you know, Sea Org member. She was trying to help her kid, and she thought this was the, these were the tools to do it. And so 
I learned, you know, that communication is a good thing, that honesty is a good thing, that you can talk to your parents and that and and that talking to them is not an uh, you know an evil thing. So that was a positive for me, that experience as a child, right? That I could, um, you know, I did all the things kids do. I mean, I got into trouble, I stole money from my parents, I did this, I lied, I, I cheated, I, you know, I did all the things kids do. I wasn't some extraordinarily moralistic kid. Sure. But Scientology principles that I was, that were labeled Scientology principles, because that's where I learned them from. I didn't grow up with a Bible. I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't grow up with some other moral foundation. Scientology was the moral foundation. And so honesty, overts, withholds. Now, writing up your OWs, I did do that as a kid. Yeah. Right? That kind of thing. But that, again, that was sort of a positive experience. What was interesting, I, I'm sitting here thinking about from listening to us talk here, is that, that, that the flip happened when I got involved with the organization. Because full disclosure in the organization is deadly to your survival. Yes, yes, yes. yes full yes. disclosure at home is, it, it should, could be, should be, with my parents, it was a net positive. They weren't always happy to hear the crap I'd been getting up to, but we always resolved it. And I was not a, a kid who was afraid of getting hit by my parents or there's no physical and, you know, anything like that. So, so I felt I was in a safe environment and I could communicate with them. I brought that, assigning that to Scientology. Right. I brought that into a Scientology environment called the org, which was run by a Sea Org member in Santa Barbara when I joined staff. <laughs> Yeah, not too hot on that. And that was where I learned very quickly that whole attitude did not play well in that organization. And I had to unlearn and relearn and, and figure out because it was the contradictory nature of Scientology that it says one thing, but the environment is, you know, totally the opposite. So what? So having said all that, yeah, I was curious now, what was your experience with this growing up under your parents? Because they sound... a hell of a lot harsher than my parents were with this stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I found that it was mainly uh, the, the dwindling spiral of my mom mm. becoming more and more uh, dependent on Scientology, uh, which sort of had a big enough in, impact. I mean, my dad agreed with it. I mean, to the, to the point where, like, he... He was only as far away from Scientology. He was as far away from Scientology as they would ask him for money and he was tired of giving money. But he, uh, before he had um, gone done his OT levels, uh, I remember my mom being very upset that he was not winning in life. And by that literally just meaning he was no longer going into the org. And so she actually, I found a, a report uh, recently uh, where she had detailed surrounding him with more successful Scientologists than him to sort of increase his attitude towards it. And my Wow, so your mom father, was really maneuvering things in the life. Oh, just like I mean oh, she's wow. another she's another thing. I, I she's there's got to be some some I'm sure there's some like personality disorder that would explain the kind of uh uh household I grew up in. Mm. Um you know either way Scientology just made it worse sort of as as the time went on it was never really great um unless we were like like the the one or two times we went to king's dominion you know mm. a theme park who, who doesn't love a theme park you know but it doesn't really make up for um uh, a lot of other 
very more serious things. Like I, I, uh, what I didn't know as a child is that, uh, I was, uh, on the spectrum for autism. Uh, oh, so something Scientology would never acknowledge as a situation. Not even believe in. Right. Uh, not even like they just think, oh, the broken one in the corner, kind of like it's like it's 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 in there with like, um, you know, people who are born with like without a brain or without like organs on the outside or something like it's like it's it's so it's so incomprehensibly like not even an issue. I didn't even I wasn't even encouraged to know what it was mainly because my dad had told me that all autism is simply just caused by vaccines and oh for uh, fuck's sake your dad's a yeah. your dad's a not only anti-vaxxer oh, but he's one of those vaccines cause autism people uh, he is and i also have i saved a bunch of emails oh. that he sent me where he's he's explaining it also he believes that he's gonna be the one who fixes the vaccines to make them like if he does enough research in his uh oh is he an immunologist in training now is he is he a, is he a pseudo immunologist he, he's getting the online course he's, he's running through the online uh, <laughs> online courses we speak in his in in his uh in his underwear and he's, wow he's gonna get that online certificate you know and immunology Jesus, man i tell you uh, these i it is mind-boggling that people who couldn't get through a sixth-grade science class think they actually get this enough to be able to lecture other people and endanger their kids over this. You know, I mean, vaccines earlier on, are not perfect. Immunology yeah. is not a perfect science. But to think you are going to watch some YouTube videos and know more than the professionals, yeah. I mean, come off it. Just get off the high horse already, you know? Yeah, it takes an, it takes an awful lot of ego to do that. Like, like yeah. And ego is a hard thing to let go of, but mm. let me tell you, life gets a lot less complex when you do. Yes, uh, yes, it but, does. But I mean, he, you know, earlier on when he was focused on, when I was like much younger, he was just focused on like chiropractic and, you know, eat, uh, he like, he kind of restructured the food pyramid and it was like, you know, some people were liking his diets. Mm. And so, you know, eat good food in the right quantities eat a lot of vegetables don't overindulge in this and lower the blah 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 it's like sort of common sense stuff that yeah it's almost boilerplate at this point as far as yeah, dietary you know fuel this fire yeah um but for me not really understanding why um i was not making friends at school and i was not um i was i was just constantly i mean my my brother and sister bullied me quite a bit as a child um because you're the I, youngest I of three they're three yeah me and two uh, an older sister and a brother who's older um right. my sister ollie uh, was on staff here and there but she's uh she's now just um doing her own thing uh, she's being supported by my family i'm pretty sure mm. but um she can't really um she usually just like works for my dad i mean she's not really adjusted enough to like go out and create a world uh, a life for herself mm. um so it's usually she ends up back home and i you know i just thought she was like off her rocker but you know in hindsight you it's not as pretty you know she mm. just like me was uh prevented from actually being able to develop and um i didn't even know i, I the worst part was that uh i I knew that I was, uh, 
I was told I was like lying. Like my parents thought I was joking or I was making some something up. Like I remember uh, my, my parents, my mom would uh, scream at me a lot when I was a kid. And my dad uh, would also give me the belt um, uh, quite a bit. So mm. when I, one time I notably remember uh, my mom uh, was screaming at me for something and I was six or so. And I, and I started to develop, I started to feel like a, a, a like a, a tick in my neck and like, I was just so stressed out that like my neck started twitching. And I remember hearing my mom behind me laughing and like mocking me um, as I walked back to my room because she thought I was just being dramatic. I was playing it up. I was dramatizing, which is Scientology's uh, idea of your past life, uh, space opera, deaths, all of your, all of the most emotional parts of your life uh, are all caused by your your past life. So that's right. That's all that's all manifesting now. So it hasn't it's so it's like this weird and I didn't understand that I was a child. So well, let's also have a great, let's also comment here quickly on this because it's coming yeah. to my mind right now that we mentioned a few things. I think I can't remember if it was before the show or during the show. We talked about a few things that influence the thinking um, with emotion in Scientology of this tone scale. You have this whole thing, you no know, case on post, this kind of nonsense. Um, dramatizing, meaning that you are replaying a memory in present time as though it's happening now. Um, but there's also this very vicious thing, very vicious uh, line in the spirit of play. I don't know if this ever got thrown at you. This business I, of force I, yourself to the, smile and you'll soon stop oh, frowning. The, right? the, oh, the whole, the songs that yeah, we had, the, little, the, the, the art of. That's right. Little, There's a little poem yeah, there. And the it's, way of creating on, yeah, on CD. It's, uh, yeah, the art of the, the, um, what a wonderful the joy movie. of creating, the joy of creating, yeah. right? And uh, the, yeah. force yourself to smile and you'll soon stop frowning. Force yourself to laugh and you'll soon find soon something to laugh something about. To laugh about. Yeah. Um, and here's the vicious part. A being causes his own feelings. Yeah. Right. That's just right in the middle yeah. of the thing. And then comes the uptick, right? The greatest joy there is in life is creating splurge on it. Meaning you're the one in charge of how yeah. you feel 24 seven. So well, if you're down, if you're anxious, if you're <laughs> depressed, if you're bummed out, if you're ticking, yeah, you're creating that. Yeah. And I mean, hey, look, the easiest thing a Thetan can do is change his mind. Ah, so all I had to do right. was not be uh, an autistic six-year-old. Yep. And, and it would all go away. And it would have just been fine. That's right. But so like seeing did your parents? Did your parents ever lay on you the, um, uh, you know, infinite being in, in child body thing? The uh, yeah, children well, are no, just so adults I, in little bodies? Mainly when my dad would, you know, I was sort of his alternative to therapy he kind of just like barked at me stuff in the mm. car when he would drive me to school and like tell me about like how gross his fat patients were or he would tell me like what he learned in scientology and to me it was just i was just absorbing he said some very in hindsight there were like a lot of very like um traumatic things explained but wow. uh in the sense of scientology i knew you know i my parents held meetings at their house uh, and I would like listen in and, and they would be like, my mom would be like, so we know we're in a prison planet. And this is what Elron Hubbard says about, you know, we're all in the prison and we're trying to get, and like, I was like, okay, so she's saying planets and other beings and, 
Yeah. You know, I, I got the idea that like all the like the space stuff was was important to the story because Me my too. parents Me too. were were, you know, so I just kind of and I was like, you know, it's a big universe. Look at science. They don't know what's fucking out there. That's right. Of course, you know, That's right. I, I can wrap like it's just like reincarnation, but further back, you know, they're yeah. just, you know, yeah. uh, and obviously nobody knows all the answers. So, you know, maybe it's what's the what are the odds that it's uh you know oh my, oh my dad would straight up tell me there were implant stations on mars and he, that and he, that there yeah. and that and that there you know that other civilizations and that shit going on in the in the center of the galaxy where it was really bright you know he was like oh there's all kinds of things going on there and oh yeah the, and i remember listening to a lecture yeah, and there was a lecture where yeah. Hubbard references the Galactic Council. My dad would just sit and listen to the PDCs over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. At Philadelphia Doctorate Course Lectures, where Hubbard yeah. goes into some of this nonsense in some detail. And and I would say, what what's the Galactic Council? Are those Thetans? And he'd be like, well, they're kind of like half and half. And I was like, really? You mean they know? And he's like, yeah, kind of. And just these little hints of things that would give me this idea that there was this great big picture, this mosaic of explanation waiting for me. If yeah. I would just do Scientology, I could find out all these answers, you know. And you're and you get to a point where you're like, you be, you know, you're not really prepared to do anything. So you like you're you're failing in life. It's just a, a perspective. It's like relative to what mm -hmm. relative to what you were doing when what else have you been doing? trying to get a job like that's not life like there is like so much more but you don't really see that until obviously you're on the other side but uh there's this um who are we talking about <laughs> um, you, were, uh, you were talking about your mom actually and how she would lay stuff on you because you were mentioning uh, this thing about how you had the tech develop that time when she was uh kind of laying into you what were you just talking about oh just, just now saying, though i was talking about yeah. the, the the shit my dad would tell me Right. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I oh, got that's an idea. Right. Your got, dad would tell you in the car. That's right. Yeah. 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 So like the, uh, the, uh, yeah. So we got all of that. And like, um, I remember I wasn't allowed to watch TV or, uh, movies for a good period. I mean, we had like the wall, we had the, we had the, we had the two bookshelves of, of VHSs and, and DVDs that were just so random. I mean, that's all I really did as a child because there wasn't really opportunity i didn't really have friends i wasn't really allowed to, i had to exchange with my parents to like a currency to get rides to go places or i had to what yeah if it wasn't yeah exchange was uh the uh, scientology's concept of exchange was deeply bound in almost every second of my childhood so like it your, was always your relationship like, with your parents was almost wholly transactional uh, entirely transactional holy shit man i am uh, so sorry you had to experience that my parents laid exchange on me but that meant i had to go do my chores if i wanted to get paid yeah. that didn't mean that i had to pay them to give me a ride somewhere well yeah i mean it was transactional on on whatever they needed at the time or like and and it was always a very blase well like if i were to ask them like i i did try like to just ask them out of the the courtesy of whatever i was able to get a, a ride or two uh you know, to the mall or something if I had mm. some, uh, but like, it was mainly like either, no, I don't want to do it. Um, or there was this whole like list of things that I hadn't done mm. that, um, 
included in many cases uh reading references from scientology uh as a child or oh, you know uh, other labor that she could just make up at the at, uh, you know they'd actually uh, give you study time. assignments for scientology or uh make or as part of my own personal uh making up my making up amends to my parents would constitute me going to the org and doing uh labor for them like cleaning up or um yeah oh yeah oh yeah as a young child your parents uh, my brother, literally trafficked you yeah i Jesus yeah christ man <laughs> i know i'm putting that in the harshest possible terms when I you do use get the that. legal terms chris but, yeah i guess you could say that i was trafficked i mean i you know i don't i <laughs> It's not like your parents you use, were getting paid by the org for this. I don't mean to like make it worse than it was, but Jesus Christ, sending your kid down to the org to work because you don't want him around. I mean, come on. Oh, they sent me. They sent me everywhere. I, I was. I also went to. Uh, you heard about uh, Mojave Academy? Oh uh, yes. The, uh, yeah, I interviewed uh, a couple in, of graduates from there. Out, uh, out in Daddle, New Mexico, mm -hmm. is when I went for a few months, uh, and where we were also unattended uh, amongst. Uh, you know, coyotes and bears. And I actually injured myself many times. I have a, a scar here from bar, from the barbed wire fence. Uh, I have a, I have a, a scar on top of my shoulder from a fight that I, I got into uh, uh, in there. There were kids who, who brought knives, uh, big Bowie knives. Uh, there was a, a romantic relationship between uh, a 16 year old counselor and uh, an older counselor. Mm -hmm. Who was, mm -hmm. whose son went to this school. It was like, and we were also, because I saw this on the, one of the things uh, reminded me that this was uh, especially bad was on, I was watching the the Lara Mini, the Aftermath show, and there was an episode about one of these schools, one of these boarding schools. Mm -hmm. This was you know, Mojave Desert School. The, the, there, were two or, there were two or three of them. Very quickly, yeah. these are Scientology-based schools they're not owned by the church of scientology no, national but like, they are using scientology principles and are uh, and are approved and endorsed by the church of scientology and they have to report to uh, a management company that is run by sea org members yes everybody there is a scientologist they're reporting to sea yes. org members they're using we in, l ron hubbard exclusively to deal yeah, with we troubled were, teens or troubled kids Yes, especially troubled kids. Like we, we were in uh, uh, Dattle, New Mexico, eight, like eight thousand feet above sea level or something. There were, uh, you know, it was we, had, we were in these little tiny trailers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a very rigorous schedule. If I wasn't, you know, awake by a certain time, uh, they would rip the mattress out from under me, and it was like it was like freezing cold on the floor. And uh, you know, I was, I think. 12 jesus you got sent there when you were 12 um, uh yeah probably younger there were younger kids there there was also this kid there who was like who had only had one leg and i i, I don't remember what his story was but he was a very i don't even know why he was there he was not made he had one leg and he was a heavier set child he was like an obese child and somebody sent him to a mountain school where he they didn't even bring him give him like hiking shoe say shoes but he right. only really needs the one but he had flip-flops and he was like going up hills in like a flip-flop it just the glaring violations now anyway we were all put in the back of a truck uh once or twice a week and we were sent to this guy's house this random guy's house we were 
uh, improving. Uh, we were painting and we were fixing his uh, uh, house, personal his personal home, uh, and he was a carver, so he would pay us in carved wooden objects. Um, so we were trafficked. We were like labor trafficked also there. Um, and then... Wow. I mean, I, you know, yeah. no reason for me to be surprised by that. That that part did not come up in my earlier interviews with the with the graduates of, of the other schools. Uh, Nathan, um, yeah. I Rich, I think, and... I, and uh, um, Oh, what was her name? Um, Lisa, I think. I did interviews yeah. on a couple kids who were sent to those schools. Uh, and we went in de detail, detail about the day-to-day -day life there. And it's awful. I mean, it was just absolutely horrible. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah, they would, like, if you didn't make it for breakfast, you had to wait until uh, the next meal because yeah. they broke down the kitchen and you were cleaning the kitchen and cooking the food. <laughs> and cleaning breaking down the kitchen again if it was you if you were on that or you were feeding the pigs or you were on the on the on the labor list like right. it, wasn't, it wasn't what it was called but it was like there were chores for all the children and uh you know yeah you gotta fix just, up those little rats somehow you gotta get those yeah get discipline instilled somehow in you little shits exactly you know your parents are you know they didn't send you here for no reason uh, it's better you know. than, than uh, uh, you know, blowing smoke around the Fraser Mansion, you know, wasting space. Right. Right. And the Fraser Mansion Not was the old... Not pulling your uh, freight. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, on top of, like, uh, being sent off to just be uh, looked after, you know, uh, my, my mom was sort of the main... Um, control point my dad just sort of was like handle your son is kind of was his attitude oh so, wow yeah so she would tell that to him like if i was like inconveniencing him in some way and like if i was uh uh you know i don't know i just it's it was for for just about anything if i was um eating in the wrong room of the house you know he would or if i wanted to do some small thing and and uh or he lost something and he blamed it on he was he was interrogating me telling me where did you put it where did you put it and i didn't know what he was talking about uh he would get very angry and then just say karen handle your son uh i can't fucking deal with him anymore and i was like okay karen handle your son let's see what you got and she just kind of um made me feel like shit about whatever he was yelling about until and then I was given a punishment until I came clean about whatever he wanted me to come clean about. Mm. Um, uh, I even be whether you had done it or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was never, they didn't really need evidence again. Like it was like the concept of justice in Scientology is wholly ironic. And uh, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> there is never there. The, it's justice for the person who writes the report. While I was on staff in Atlanta, I was, living with these people this is i'll try to keep this short i was living with these people and it was like crowded house it was all staff and it was like maintained by the org or whatever uh it wasn't i mean they said that but they didn't do it anyway i was living in this thing with like like four or five other people including like a, a, a woman and her infant child um in this crowded thing and this guy his name was kesevon He's from South Africa. He was this dude who was sleeping in the living room on this inflatable mattress. Um, 
And he was asking me if he could use my bed to hook up with a girl who was coming in from another state. He's married, by the way. So this is, he's, 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 he's uh, this woman would come in from another state and he would use my room because he wanted privacy because his bed was in the living room. So, and so I this said, was, this was a Scientology staff member. Yes. In the Scientology the house of staff members. Yeah. Hooking up with somebody extramaritally mm -hmm. in front of everybody. Yeah. I mean, we didn't like meet her. Like she wasn't, I mean, we met her, but we, she wasn't like wow. paraded around. He just kind of like, had his thing. Anyway, uh, wow. I told like I for, I forget what cognitive dissonance I was in in the day that like made me be like I'm gonna think about it. Like you just want my room. I'm you you gotta like move my bed. And I was I was thinking I was I don't know what I was thinking, but like later in the day he was, uh, like the next day he screamed bloody murder at me for uh, taking a shower in the morning because that was his time to take a shower, which is, you know, my bad. Clearly. And I said, I said, okay, well, no, you don't get to use my room. And he wrote me to ethics for not letting him. I had to meet with the ethics officer for not letting him have sex with a woman in my room who gave him scabies, by the way. <laughs> when he did, and we had to isolate him and put him in ISO this because is he got scabies from this woman who he just had to ship in to Atlanta. I said, listen, he, this guy, I could go on forever about this guy. Yeah, He's one he of the worst roommates like a, I've ever had. Yeah, this guy sounds like a real winner. But, but like, I, the, you know. I, yeah, the, the irony is not Scientology lost. does not exist. Yeah, no, that is definitely true. You, and you experienced some things, I mean, outside of the Sea Org that, frankly, I, my jaw's dropping. I was in a very different situation in Santa Barbara, but I, but my situation was, so many years earlier than yours that's what i can attribute it to is yeah. that is i'm my, my class five experience i think was about 20 years before yours right because mine is 1980s early 90s and mm. then i joined the sea org in 1995 yeah. so so as harsh and awful and and schedule wise and yelling and screaming and all the bullshit i had to endure as a staff member and there was plenty of it I never had to endure something so blatantly, obviously disgusting as that, right? I had other disgusting things happening to me that were pretty bad, but they were a little more covert. You know, yeah. they were a little bit more underhanded. I had guys who, I had this one executive who who was literally probably the best gaslighter I have ever seen. This guy they, could they make twist. some good ones. Oh, they really do. And this guy yeah. was top of the line, right? Uh, this guy, Doug Daniloff. He, and I'll name him because fuck him. He, yeah, fuck. you know, he, <laughs> this guy, he's still a Scientologist. So fuck this yeah. guy. He flat out sat me in a room multiple times for hours at a time, introverting, introverting, introverting me on this, on something about me. There was something about me that made me an asshole. And he okay. was, gonna, and he wanted to figure out what it was, and he would question me around this for hours. And because he was an OT and a trained executive and years of yeah. experience, I thought Fucking he knew what he was senses. talking about, right? Yeah. And, and I was the stupid one, and I I put up with that for years under that asshole, right? Yeah. So, so I had my own levels of asshole, but but what you're describing, I'm just like. 
are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you know, I think it's because I learned I, I was not a very combative person. You know, I was never a violent person. Uh, I, I'm not like I tried, you know, I did some some martial arts when I was young, but like that was just really for exercise. I've always been kind of a weak. I was a fat child. And so uh, I got picked on for that, too. So I had like triple quadruple damage coming at me from all angles and uh i just uh what really i guess got me was like everyone seems to hate me in my life so there's got to be something i'm doing wrong or everyone seems to be putting me down at the time i didn't know there was actually something different about me mm -hmm. that professionals could have possibly helped me handle or maintain or look at because now, at, at this point it is something very you know its own but it it became what i felt what needed to be fixed in that next bridge step or uh you know you get these weird ideas like if elron hubbard can do it so can i and you just sit in your right. room as a child that's and right you just like you try to like you know, you, you, you try to look for that answer and it's like, uh, it's sad, uh, from an external point. And, uh, I, I think among the millions of things that I think I could, I'd point at, like, um, uh, it was a lot of labor and a lot of punishment and a lot of, uh, uh, guilt and, you know, being told that my friends are, are, degraded because like one of my friends was my my uh childhood friends was gay mm. uh and i was told that he was like a degraded person yep um and i mean we made up i mean well, we, that was a long time ago and we're still really dear friends uh today but i uh you know the the, the kind of person it made me was like i didn't want to be my parents i wanted to be the good scientologist so i kind of learn to keep my 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 head down and one way that my parents my mom would punish me as a child would she would just take things away from me and like the take things that i like anything that would occupy my attention like having fun was banned for that time that i was so she would either take like the cables to the you know the tv the dvd player or whatever or it would be um uh you know any I wasn't a strong reader. So like any toys that I had that I was interested in or, you know, anything that was like, uh, any music, uh, you know, it was just whatever I, I could. So I was just sitting alone in my room, uh, for a, a good period of my childhood. And, uh, you kind of just learn to, it, you know, you get this weird Rapunzel thing syndrome where you're like, there's gotta be, you know, there's gotta be a whole lot of shit going on out there. If I'm, if I have to be in here like this, it's just like it deludes you. And and then when I this sort of redemption arc that I thought I would get later in life, when I uh, the more I fed into Scientology and the more I started to do it, I saw my parents kind of like gradually, you know, randomly take me out to dinner all the time and like bring me coffee. And like I started to get treated better and people just stopped asking me about my life and they stopped criticizing me because I was. I happened to also be doing cause resurgence or I was doing my yes. SRD or I was doing. Now you, you know, were being the good son. Yeah. And, and the fact that I had a good memory, my dad was like, how is this possible? You did these courses. I tried to do these courses and they were so confusing. And I'm like, I mean, I just, I, 
I, wow. I, I just, I had, a, I had a good memory and, uh, you know, I, I feel like that worked against me in the long haul. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hearing this different sort of angle, the altitude that I eventually had this like presence that I had to them because I could remember all these things and I could say, I could give you, you know, all the laws of listing and nulling and I could give you, right. you know, I could tell you how many questions there were on the Joburg, even though nobody uses the Joburg anymore. You're trained to not, you're trained that the Joburg is antiquated and you're not going to use it, which doesn't already make sense. Like they kept in, they were like, we canceled stuff, but like, you got it, but like, don't get rid of it. But like, because it's still there, but like, we're not, we're only canceling it superficially. Like they canceled second dynamic rules, which. What's that now? Yeah, they canceled the second dynamic rules policy. In the sea. Um, in Scientology. Oh, the second dynamic. Oh, okay. The, the policy letter that says you're not going to get in trouble for sexual stuff. Exactly. Or being in a really, having a romantic relationship, which is my, uh, I mean, they had to have because uh, it doesn't appear to work when you use it right interesting but um interesting. anything i guess is canceled if you just if, if the person hearing it doesn't like to doesn't like what they're hearing if they don't like that you're giving them a reference if you're explaining scientology to them right to me oh i've been here since 19 no i've been here since the 80s when we actually had to bubble and you're just a fucking it's like it's the same story like every scientologist that i was sent to every staff member that i was sent to wanted to be the best Scientologist and they wanted to win the game of Scientology and they were not friends with each other. I, my parents did not have friends. Uh, they had people who came around and they were happy and they were laughing with each other. But like you see them in the org and they are just like, they're just so cold in like, in that way of like, you know how in the DMZ, you got the two, you got North Korean soldiers and the, you got two North Korean soldiers looking at each other on the DMZ, just in case one of them defects, the other one's gonna kill him. Yeah. It's like that Yeah. with like everyone you know. That's right, that's snitch culture. And you know, so I, yeah. um, I learned very quickly that I was somehow broken and I was somehow this like thing to, I just kind of was trying to live in some way that was unintrusive to everybody else's life. But I still, uh, you know, got punished for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to call it for tonight um, okay. because we've got a lot more to talk about. We have not even touched on your time on staff or oh, yeah. what led to that. And much less some of the details of your experiences as a public and then staff, I, I imagine, in Clearwater, or were you only public there? I, no, I was in, uh, I was only public there. I mean, I was an OOT at Flag, but, um, no, that's what I mean. They treated you were, me you like did, staff. You did go do training at Flag as well. Yeah, for 11 yeah. months. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, because it's a different experience, or at least it could be <laughs> between being a public and being a staff member there. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to you about that and the details of it, because um, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the flag situation and the trainees there and stuff from my time in. But I imagine based on everything we've talked about so far that not surprisingly, and I've sit here and said, wow, oh, my God, I can't believe it. 
I really shouldn't be doing that because I really know Scientology has gotten worse since I left. Yeah. I mean, I do know that, but it's just, it's so horrifying to me what, you know, the levels of nonsense that people will put up with. And, and yet I understand how it happens because it's really, it really has everything to do with the boiling frog phenomenon, right? You're in it, you're in yeah, it, you're in it, exactly. you're in it, and you really don't get how awful it all is. And then you step out of it and you're talking about it and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I ever agreed to this and this and this and this. But it took a long time to get you to the point where you were going to agree yeah. to that. You know, we had to be raised I, in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had to be beaten to a literal pulp and at the exactly. lowest possible a ver a version of myself. And I had to look at I had to be like. If I'm this awful, if I'm this bad of a person, then like, why am I even here, you know? And then once you get there and you realize that Scientology hasn't shocked you, it hasn't killed you, you don't have cancer for questioning, you know, those, 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 for asking those questions, you know, it's, uh, it's, it liberated me exactly. to actually, for the first time in my life, be like, wow, I'm never going to say this thought to an auditor ever again. I was like, oh my God, I can like say whatever I want in here. It's like... <laughs> I know my thoughts man. are my own. Yeah, you no, know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's yes. and I'm and I don't have to be a bad person because I know the difference between right and wrong because I'm I, I like because I apply these I, you know, from a young age, treat others as you want to be treated. OK, but then it they flip it on you. Yep. So there so, there, you know, there's an I, I've been uh, I've been a little bit of everywhere, even at one point signed a uh, Seward contract. Mm. That's, that's uh, but surprising. I never, I never made it uh, through. It was a high, high pressure situation. I was being worked from every angle. It was like a very manipulative uh, mm -hmm. thing. I was being recruited by the senior uh, uh, internship supervisor. Uh, oh, at Flag. While I was while I was on my internship, isn't that supposed to be a big no-no there? Oh, she she not only wanted my parents to donate, and she handed me. She was like. I need th I need a hundred dollars. I need a hundred dollars from your parents. I need a hundred dollars. Mr. Bird, come to the come to the 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 thing, and you gotta you gotta stand up as soon as she says your name, and you gotta run to the to the to the desk, and you gotta be like, yes, yes, sir. And she's like, um, I need you to get a donut from your parents. And I was like, everyone everyone asks me that. I don't know about all that. Uh, and then she's like, also, I need to talk to you. Uh, after the auditor's day event is what it was that was that day it was the auditor's day event right. when i was at flag and and then uh it was like a whole thing so you know i there's a lot that can be touched on um yeah a lot we do have only do have more to talk about and i want to talk i want to give us the time to be able to do it without um going too long for the audience or for us sure you know and uh kind of keep these you know hour 90 minute shot uh kind of things i think will be good because i think we've probably got a couple episodes in us here in terms of things to compare and contrast and discuss about your experience yeah. in it, you know, and I, I like going deep. I like going into these details of things, even if we are approaching it slightly randomly this time, that part I'm not yeah. so concerned about right now. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to know how to feel about the story, mm -hmm. like how to feel, you know, cause I, I'm, I like to write and I like to create, you know, imagine I like to write stories, but when it comes to my own personal life, it's like, it's all just a, a jumbled, like I try to say it and it, it, it doesn't always come out, you know, it's very hard to look at. So the more opportunities that I've been getting to do 
things like this and just having the time, taking the time for myself and just like looking at like, okay, what's going on with me? What it, you know, it's really creating, I think, a more complete image. Excellent. I'm painting, like, as I've never really said any of these things before to, to, to other people. I mean, I've had some, I've had some pretty interesting ethics cycles uh, in my past. I've done five purifs. Jesus. So I've been in the box, sweat once or twice. Wow. Uh, uh, for, That's ridiculous. You're, I mean, uh, frankly, in one sense, you're lucky to be alive. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> that thing is nothing but deadly to people. It I was, mean, it's, it's, it's not brutal. good. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And the difference is, was the difference between a pura and another purif was within like a year and a half from one another oh, was like a, a hit of, of weed. I think I, I, I had, I got high once on, on, on a, on oh, a, for, on a joint. And it was and out of I had your to system, redo. by the way, in about 48 hours. Yeah. Totally and, oh, gone. But it's in, I mean, it's not oh, but, in your but, system. They have the whole purif video that has uh, the shitty graphics that show science and fat cells and it's it's so it's literally just bullshit. a cartoon it's yeah. it's it's you can they are so they're not bullshit. publishing it to their website so obviously yeah. they can make whatever claims they want you got to do a lot of pot before it starts accumulating in your fatty tissues and even right. then you let yourself go for a while you let you get off of it it'll eventually wind its way out um you don't need to go that's sweat what science it out, says. You know? that's that yeah that's actual science <laughs> <laughs> That's that's real biomedicine. That's 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 real biochemistry at work. That's how yeah. it actually works. And uh, then there's Scientology's bullshit, right? Yeah. So so yeah. I've been down the block, and and I think uh, I think if we, uh, you know, you just point the you just point the you just ask me questions, and yeah. I uh, <laughs> we'll get going. We'll, we'll go there. I mean, I got I probably have a bunch more. It's, it's not usually there until it's there, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, 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 no a helping man. hand is usually what I need. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, Ian, I would do. I last off, I guess I should say, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thank I, you I my my effort here is to is to definitely, if I can, provide some catharsis. Certainly, exposure Scientology's nonsense, and I want people out there to understand what we went through being raised in Scientology. So you'll get that there's more to it than just some obvious con that people fall for and they're just a bunch of idiots. Yeah. It's so much more and, layered than that. And, and just, and just to say like, I might, I can dive as deep as I want into my story and, and, and it's only about my story as it's about who comes out because of my story. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not about me. It's about me now so that other people who, who, who are living in the same situation can see their circumstance or they can see some level of truth or they can at least ask questions, yes. you know, to themselves and to their family. And when these questions aren't answered, that does not mean that, you know, it's over. You'll spend many years hurting yourself, you know? So I, I just... And I have a lot of uh, my life to come forth. I've been very resilient through this whole uh, circumstance. And I think um, whoever, that's why I'm doing this, is, yeah. is, is, is whoever comes out because of it, whoever, whoever can 
take my place or whoever can, you know, there are so many people with things to say that are just afraid to. So, exactly. you know. Exactly. Well, thank you again, Ian, for that. Absolutely. And, um, and I'll tell you one thing we know for, I am, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent positive now. I wasn't for a long time, but I'm a hundred percent positive right now that the church is watching and, oh, yeah. you know, and that they're paying attention because, um, oh, yeah. cause they just recently, and this is not going to post for a few weeks. We're recording this today, sure. but I'm, I'm taking some time off. So I'm going to get around to editing this when I want to <laughs> It should be in a few weeks, but, um, and then we're going to get back together probably in a couple of weeks and continue this conversation. Um, but the church just recently, just a few days ago, canceled all their COVID crap, right? All the COVID restrictions yeah. and stuff they had going on. Big Why do you think OMG they did that? Right? Well, yeah. Cause we were exposing it as abusive nonsense. Yeah. And they're not in the org on, on, on course, they're on their phones at home watching people who they used to rub elbows with. And I remember every single one of their faces. It's not my fault. I didn't want a memory like this, but I know exactly like I remember all their faces. I remember what they've said. I remember what they've done. I obviously some are big worse than others. Mm -hmm. And the the more alarming ones come to mind faster, but I, uh, I, I, I take solace in that they will always remember me. Oh, there you go. And that's, uh, that makes me happy. Well, I hope that they remember you enough to, um, to find this video and find more. I do. And know, I hope they, this. they, they don't take my, uh, my, uh, personality and my, my crassness as, um, you know, deflating the, the reality of the severity of the situation. That's right. Because exactly. They know they should know I'm a wacky kind of dude sometimes, <laughs> usually when I'm not, uh, sleeping, I can be a little manic, but <clears throat> you know, I, I don't have to lie. And that, that was the best part that that's what made me you know, spring into this. And what gives me this attitude is I don't have to lie at all. I I've, I've wanted to be a good person and I've wanted to be even when I was in Scientology. So the fact that my truth, that the thing I was made to spread, you know, I was designed to spread is, is, is causing trouble. Well, maybe the SPs won in 93, huh? You ever think of that? <laughs> maybe we lost the war. <laughs> it's just it's a funny it's like it's it's funny but like only now that i've been able to you know yeah see it totally totally man yeah all right folks thank you very much for for uh persevering with us and listening to this show and uh like i said at the beginning inviting us into your home we very much appreciate it and of course if you're finding this channel enjoyable entertaining and that sort of thing informative maybe educational even uh, consider supporting the channel. This is a entirely fan-funded operation, and the only reason I got this mic and this mixing board and all these lights on and everything is because you guys. So help us out, and uh, and thank you very much for watching. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.